just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope you're having a great day. It is a Monday. This is actually the second podcast for today, but uh, this is a special podcast because this one involves our regular reoccurring co-host, Ed. And so um, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for coming, Ed. And, And this is a very opportune time to talk because just before we went on to record this, we heard the news that Apparently, this judge has granted um, Donald Trump the use of a special master in going through these documents that he fucking stole. So uh, are you surprised by this, Ed, at all? Uh, no. From the, the moment last week that the judge indicated that she was leaning in that direction, I knew it would happen. Let, let's face it. He went judge shopping and he found the right one one that he had appointed, who's a member of the Federalist Society, which he's, means she's on his side already. And yeah. let's dispense with this idea that judges are somehow impartial because they're just people and they're not. No, they're uh, not. So, some of them are better than others, maybe, but they they all have their, um, they're all partial, especially on the Supreme Court. And and, and I'm, I'm not pointing fingers at just the, uh, um, the conservatives. I mean, let's face it, the liberals are just as liberal as the conservatives are conservative. And I happen to think that most of the decisions I've seen, the liberals tend to be better qualified, whereas the Republican or the uh, conservative justices are mostly chosen because they're partisan hacks. <laughs> this well, this well, yeah. gave away a prejudice on my part. Maybe well, I'm happy to be prejudiced about this. I mean, when we look at the Supreme Court, uh, yes, we have different mindsets and ideology on these situations, and they are partisan as much as they should not be partisan. Uh, but generally, the ones on the right that are partisan are fucking evil and wrong, and the ones on the left seem to at least try and try to do the job properly. And, 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 and it, you know, it's, it's like this argument I've had with people many times. Even my wife talked to me about this. She, we had some friends that were Trump bumpers. Right. And, uh, you know, they're saying whatever they're saying, the white racism, the, the white racism, uh, the white supremacy and all this stuff. And, and, uh, they will say to me is the problem is you're not willing to compromise here. You're not willing to give a little. <laughs> you're the only one that's right. And I said, because in this situation, I am the only one that's right. You're promoting racism. You're promoting anti-Semitism, misogyny, and overthrowing this country, and I am not. So in this one instance, I'm fucking right, and you're fucking wrong. Please explain to me how that's not the case. But Well, you know, and, and I agree with you a thousand percent. Well, and that's the thing is everybody... You know, in, in this world, in this country, it's, oh, we got to play nice. We got to see everybody else's side. Not when they're fucking evil. You, exactly. I'm not going to compromise when somebody is fucking evil. I'm just not going to do it. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm a dick for doing that, but color me asshole. I don't care. No, I think, I think that has always been a failing of the left in that we have been 
wanting compromise. We have been wanting consensus. And uh, it's come back to bite us time after time after time because the other side does not want that. Right. They do not want any sort of compromise. They say they do, but it's a lie. It's a lie. What they want is to have, they want to, um, to have a, a, essentially a white supremacist nation in which either all the people of color have been chased out or they are in some sort of subservient role the way it used to be. And that's what MAGA means. Make America great again means make America white again in the sense of the white race being completely in charge of everything to the exclusion of everyone else. I lived it. I know. I was there. I saw it. Don't talk to me. You can't convince me. I saw it. It happened. And you can try to whitewash it out of schools if you want to. But I will be with my last dying breath saying no. No, it was awful. It was terrible. And it was the, my race that was inflicting it on everybody else. I see it. You don't like it. Too bad. And it's not just race. It's anybody that's different. It's race. It's religion. It's sexual orientation. It's anything. I mean, sexuality for that matter. I yeah. mean, uh, gender, gender, I should say. Well, yeah, women, women, were, women were just as put down and subjugated as uh, uh, any as the people of color were. They might as well go out and say anybody with blonde hair and blue eyes or anybody with red hair and brown eyes. It, it, it It's all fucking ridiculous. But let's get to the story at hand. We kind of knew this was coming. Uh, Donald Trump stole a bunch of top secret documents. He lied about having the documents. He hid these documents. He was in possessions of documents that are illegal for him to have. And now he's whining and crying and saying, well, there's some some executive privilege in there, which is zero truth because he has no executive privilege. And then he has the client attorney privilege. Well, there's not much in there. Uh, the DOJ's already or FBI's already gone through it and filtered it out. Um, so now they have this special master. They take it to a Trump attorney who, like you say, is a fucking nutcase because they're in the federal uh, the judge society. not attorney but judge, judge although judge, she yeah. is a, she is an attorney certainly but judge but, in this case yeah you're right uh, j- uh, judge so we had a feeling well she kind of inkled that she was going to go this way and it made no sense given all that's gone on uh but now she has decided for it but she has a problem you can't just grab a guy off the street or a gal off the street and say you're the special master these are seriously high-level, top-secret documents, and you have to have somebody with that kind of clearance doing the special mastering. So they've got a problem here, and and, and that problem may work in their best interest because does that create more of a delay? Because that's all really all Donald Trump can do here. It's delay. Well, and and this is the thing. Number one, you're either going to have to some find somebody that you can give a clearance to because no one has it automatically except the president and vice president, uh, that level of access. OK, and even the president and vice president can be denied uh, certain access to to certain things. Uh, it, they they can get it on a need to know basis, but uh, not even the president, even though he can declassify things. I'm told um, I still believe 
that there are things that unless there is an absolute need to know that the president is not given access to it either. Right. Because it, you just don't want to compromise it. You don't want to let it out. You don't want to let it be known far and wide. So there's nobody other than an ex-president right now who would, who would have had that level of clearance that they can get in. And let's say for a second that any president because I could be wrong. Any president can see anything. That means the only people who have that, who have had that clearance would be the living presidents. And that would be Carter and Obama and uh, George W. Bush. And uh, who am I missing? Um, George W. Well, well, Trump, of course. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Or Hillary Clinton. It was Secretary of State. I'm guessing yeah, she but had I some don't pretty high clearance. Though. She had probably the highest clearance next to the president, for sure. So uh, uh, let's see. Obama would certainly qualify. So would yeah. Hillary. Uh, so would George W. Of course, Trump wouldn't because he's well, Bill, the guy on trial. Bill Clinton. Bill, Bill Clinton. Clinton. I forgot Bill. Yeah. And uh, uh, any of those would work. But uh, nobody's going to agree on George no, nobody's going to agree on Obama or Hillary. I mean, the presidents are pretty much out. Okay, right. so then what do we go with former? Uh, who do we go with? I mean, who? I mean, even a Supreme Court justice doesn't have that kind of access to. Uh, they don't need it. You know, they they adjudicate on whether something is constitutional or not. That's their job. Um, and that's laws that, that Congress puts forth and so forth or, or constitutional questions, but it doesn't have anything to do with national security and that sort of thing. And that's what we're dealing with here. So it has to be perhaps a military figure, very high up, joint chiefs of staff, chairman, perhaps. Um, it's, it's too bad that, uh, Colin Powell, uh, is not around. He would have been a, a fairly good choice. I think that they might have been able to compromise on. Beyond him, I'm not sure who they could find. Well, the, the important thing to understand is that while it seems like this is a stumbling block and a delay tactic, Merrick Garland has, has outright said, well, this doesn't change anything. If they do get a special master, we're going to still keep on going with the investigation. And if there are indictments that are coming out, they're going to come out. So it doesn't slow anything down. It's just like, like, like a fly in the ointment kind of thing. It's not as big a deal. I know people will go on the news and say, Oh my God, he shut down the whole investigation. No, he didn't. This is no. a very serious problem for our country. And that has to be pursued. Um, you know, what, what, what could happen is, is if the special master looks at this, and find something that should be out of there that wasn't taken out of there, it might a slow a court case in the future, but it's not going to stop this investigation. Nothing is going to stop this investigation, and nothing is going to stop the indictments should they come. Exactly. Now, the other, the other part of this, of course, is even if there is, if they find someone they can compromise on, uh, and they have the special master and the special master takes a few weeks to look at all of this stuff and then makes rulings on what's admissible or whatever they do. That's unclear to me. I, if we look far enough down the road, you have to realize that eventually this is probably going to wind up at the Supreme Court. 
And I think Merrick Garland realized that going in. And yeah. that's why everybody has been chomping at the bit. Why doesn't he act? Why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't he do that? He has to be letter perfect on this so that yeah. because he knows that the court is uh, is not balanced, the court leans toward Trump because, as we have already established, a goodly portion, a majority on the court are partisan hacks who will rule only the way the oligarchs who put them there tell them to rule. Right. They are not independent. They are not jurists. They are partisan hacks who, uh, I mean, look at Kavanaugh. Here's a guy who never tried a case as a judge. Right. Never. Not right. one case ever. And yet he's on the Supreme Court. Right. Partisan hack. Yeah, he's a partisan hack. There's no question about it. And and the thing is, is that um, um, if you have a special master, they can't just go in there willy-nilly and throw things out. I mean, no. they can. First of all, they're they're talking about executive privilege. That's not a thing. That doesn't count uh, from the Supreme Court on down. There is no ex- executive privilege for a former president of the United States. Sorry, there just fucking isn't any. So that isn't even in question. The other thing is client attorney privilege. That would mean an attorney talking to Trump or somebody uh, that shouldn't be seen by the public because it's attorney-client privilege. Well, the fact of the matter is, is if you have um, a document that shows the schematics for a nuclear weapon, there's no way that's part of attorney-client privilege. There's just fucking no way. Nobody in their right mind, nobody can actually get away with throwing that out. So even if they find a couple of little things here that were maybe classified attorney-client privilege, that doesn't that doesn't fix the fucking elephant in the room. These are top-secret, top-secret SCI documents that he stole, put in his house, lied about having, and then probably distributed it. Um. And, and, yeah, and, I mean, and we, so they can't throw that know. shit out. They can't throw that shit out. But here's, here's my question. Merrick Garland is a very smart guy. So he probably, he probably expected this to happen. So what we've seen all along the way, they say, well, release the search warrant. He does. Fucks yeah. over Donald Trump. Release the affidavit. Fucks over Donald Trump. So, since we know Donald Trump and the Republicans screw themselves every time they try to do something, try to do some delay tactic, uh, I have a feeling this is going to fuck them over too. Because I, I I believe that there's more information that the DOJ has uh, than that he stole this shit. I, I believe that they maybe have some, some uh, I don't know, paper trail that shows he actually gave it to somebody. And we may see that slipping out, and then all shit is going to go fucking crazy. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, the special master, I think, in this case, all they will be able to do is go through this stuff and say, okay, this is significant, this isn't. This is classified, this isn't. Because we know that it's all mixed together. You know, there's there's Chinese restaurant menus <laughs> and uh, uh 
I don't know, uh, ladies' underwear. I don't know. I know there were clothing. There were pieces of clothing involved here. Yeah. So uh, we don't know, but I think that's what the special master is going to be mainly doing is just separating, you know, into piles. This is really secret. This is sort of secret. This is people stuff we don't want people to know. And this is all crap. Yeah. And, and well, then uh, we we already know that the FBI has already done that. Right. Right. I mean, well, in the first group, they had 184 pieces. We don't know about this next group yet. Uh, but, I haven't heard that enumerated. But can a special master, I don't think this special master in this situation could say this is important, this isn't important. I don't think he can No, do they that. can say it's, they can say that it's classified at this level or not just because of the way it's marked. I don't even know if they're doing that. Their job is to, to, to find those things that apply to attorney-client privilege. As far as the level of importance to the document, as long as it's not attorney-client privilege, they have to let it bypass. I, I think well, they're they're that specific as far as what they're looking for. Well, I mean, they could also say, yeah, this was declassified. Because every piece of paper there that was ever classified, there's a record of it in Washington, probably in the archives, probably elsewhere, too, that says this particular document um that that Trump had in his basement well that one was declassified on this date right if you have some documentation proving it yeah or it wasn't so they that's what i'm saying they can okay. separate out that kind of thing but yeah there is nothing in there with attorney client privilege let's no. let's be honest here there just isn't it's just a dodge you know it's just like he, he's now he's claiming that he was going to write a book and this was just research material, which is bullshit. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, is this the stuff they planted? That was his first, one of his yeah. first excuse. They planted stuff. Was it the stuff he had on Hillary that he was keeping to write an expose? That right. just came out this week. He just thought of that one this week or somebody wow. did. Wow. You know, the, the FBI went in to get the stuff that he was going to use to expose Obama and and Hillary and Hunter Biden and all of this stuff. That's what he stole. That's what it all is. is it, well, well, let stuff me, that, you know. Let's see if you agree with me here um, as I understand how declassification goes. Remember that picture of all the uh, all the documents on the floor? Yeah. And how, how Donald Trump and his people were upset about it. Donald Trump doesn't keep stuff like that. <laughs> well, no, of course you don't, because the FBI laid it out and took a picture because that's how they take pictures of evidence. These right. fucks, these fucks didn't care whether or not it was top secret or not. They just didn't want us to think that Donald Trump was sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> that he'd leave it on the floor. No, but he stuffed it in his desk. He stuffed his underwear with these fucking things. So he's a sloppy fuck. But, but but the point is is that um Donald Trump is in fucking deep trouble here cuz he can't account for anything he's done the real question has always been why do you have this stuff and yep. nobody's nobody's answered it we've heard these bullshit excuses that Donald Trump has laid out but you know none of them make any sense none of them have any legitimacy and and Donald Trump is a fucking idiot. Right at this point, he is flailing. I think what people have to understand is the special master isn't a roadblock that shuts everything down until Donald no. Trump's ready. 
The investigation continues. The indictments might come. And he may have just pissed off Mayor Garland to say, all right, fuck you, let's go. And that could happen. Well, we'll see. And I I hope so. And I I do think that uh, I think that it's wearing on Trump tremendously. I think he sees that he's in a corner and he keeps throwing this stuff against the wall, hoping that something will stick. But uh, but of course it doesn't. And, and, And I don't know if I didn't watch it, of course, and but I did see a clip of it. Uh, where he had his rally in Pennsylvania, ostensibly yeah. to, uh, you know, to buck up the, the uh, those running in Pennsylvania like Oz and so forth. But what it, it was his standard crap. Oh, I'm so, uh, I'm so put upon. I'm the worst. The, they treat me worse than anybody in the history of the world and so forth. But then he, then he comes out and he says, yeah, uh, had dinner with, uh, Mark. Zuckerberg at the White House the other day, and he kissed a week my ago, ass yeah. <laughs> and and told me I was the hottest thing on Facebook <laughs> and congratulated me. And, I mean, this is delusional territory. I mean, yeah. this is he hasn't been how long has it been? Nineteen twenty months since he was in the White House. Period. Right. And and I know he hasn't talked about to Zuckerberg. No, uh, not at Mar-a-Lago, not anywhere. So uh, he hasn't been allowed on Facebook longer than he has been away from the White House. So this this is, I mean, how can you sit there at a rally and hear this and not look at the person next to you and say, what? Well, what because, well because the people that go show up to the rally and pay these ridiculous prices to go see them are dumber and more delusional than Donnie Trump. This... <laughs> This is a fucking, this is a fucking, uh, gathering of fucking idiots. It really truly is. I mean, if you ever look at the interviews of people walking around a Trump rally, I mean, I've seen guys, I've seen guys being interviewed. Yeah, I've been to 48 rallies and I'm going to follow them till I die. Well, hopefully that'll come sooner than later, but it's like, it's like these idiots following, uh, uh, following Donald Trump. Are, are, are like, like, uh, deadheads following the Grateful Dead. Except the Grateful Dead have something of value to give in their performance. Donald Trump just says the same shit over and over and over again. And they fucking love it. So they're clearly dumber and more delusional than Donald Trump. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're always going, well, I, I don't see any Biden flags. I don't see any Biden boat rallies. I don't see any Biden bumper. We don't do that shit. You know, we don't revere the individual. We revere policies. And we, we, we put in place people that we think can make those policies come true for the benefit of everybody so that everybody benefits, not just a small group of people. But we don't revere our leaders. We don't revere Obama or Hillary or uh, these people, we see that we know they're fallible human beings. And that's why we're not surprised when something happens that they turn out to maybe not be 100% perfect because they don't have to be. We hire them to do a job and sometimes they do it right. And sometimes they don't. I, I personally think they could have done a better job on uh, the Affordable Care Act. I think they should have been stronger. Yeah. I think it would have worked better with a public option, and they should have held out for that or not done anything. But that's just me. Well, there's we got the, something out of it. 
There, there, there's a, a dramatic difference between the perceptions of leaders between the Trump Lafox and the Democrats. The Trump Lafox look at Donald Trump as their Lord and Savior, a deity of sorts. Democrats look at Joe Biden as a fucking employee because that's yeah. what he is. He's a fucking employee. He's a he's a representative, a tool, if you will, to get what Democrats want across. And when such time comes when he's not affected, well, he gets effective. He gets elected out and somebody else gets put in. And that's how you can't you can't put these people on a on a higher level. I mean, I, I look at I look at people who who still after all that's been exposed about Donald Trump that still follow Donald Trump is akin to people going, oh, I love that O.J. Simpson. <laughs> well, that's pretty much it. You know, I mean, I, I look back at political figures and in, in either in my lifetime or the ones that I admire over time, Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt, Dwight Eisenhower, and every one of them I have major policy differences with. Yeah, of course. Every one of them, I do not see them as gods. I see them as fallible human beings. And in looking back with 2020 retrovision, I can see where Lincoln screwed up. I can see that Teddy was a borderline psychopath. Right. But he was, uh, he did some good things. Franklin did great things, but he missed the mark on a lot of stuff. Ike was a good general. I don't know how great a president he was, but I drive on interstate highways because of him. And he warned us about the great danger that was to come, the military-industrial complex, and we didn't listen. Uh, and, and you can name any other president and come, and I will tell you the faults that I'm aware of, and I'll tell you the good that they managed to do. Richard Nixon gave us the Clean Water Act and some other things. Uh so I'm, I'm not locked into it has to be a Democrat. I'm not a Democrat per se. I consider myself a liberal, uh, maybe a democratic socialist, perhaps, but, uh, I tend to caucus with the Democrats. Let's put it that way. They tend to be closer, but nobody is as left as I am in the current political scene. Uh, no, no, no politician because they can't be. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I never this is this is something that's been shoved down American population's throat for years, that being a liberal is I want shit for free. I want uh, to uh, take all the money. I want to pay for nothing. But that's 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 really ridiculous. I mean, it's been a, they've done a great job of brainwashing people. I mean, here's the deal. You have a government. We pay taxes to that government to serve us. So the idea that they come back and help us with health care or they come back and help us with gun control or, or, or getting through a pandemic, that's the fucking least we should expect. If you're going to pay you taxes, do something for us. But instead, we keep hearing, oh, they haven't done something like this in 80 years. Well, why the fuck not? Exactly. We've been paying you to do this. And, and it's not a bad is- thing. This, this is kind of the problem. And this is uh, today we're, you know, we have to acknowledge and we should have done it before. I meant to and I forgot. This is Labor Day. Yes. It okay. Is. And that's a huge deal. And it, it should be a huger deal than it is. Because if, if, if you get a weekend off from your job, thank labor. If you get uh, a pension, thank labor. If you get uh, something above the minimum wage, thank labor. 
if uh, there is anything about working that is good, thank labor. Management never gave you squat, and they want to take back everything they can. Uh, they they gave uh, you know a, a, one of the big problems is we let healthcare be tied into work, and uh, and and then then gradually. Uh, it became a benefit, and then, then, then management wanted us to pay a little bit. We'll give you a little bit more salary if you'll pick up a little bit of your health care, and so on and so on. And by by increments, labor has died, and it got a big, of course, uh, it was stabbed in the back by Ronald Reagan, but not just Ronald Reagan. He got the ball rolling, but then all of these Republican governors and legislatures putting in uh, uh, oh, things like uh, – um, replacement workers. You got to have, you got to allow replacement workers, even if you're on strike, which is nothing but a bunch of scabs. Okay. Right. Let's, let's call it, let's call it what it is. They're scabs. Right. They're people who will go in to break the union because they want the job of the person who was there. Right. Um, this country is great because of labor. It was great because of labor. If you want to, if you want to make America great again, then bring back the labor unions and all their strength and police them. Don't let them get taken over by the mafia, which some of them were, like the Teamsters and others, and that, and and watch the corruption and watch the graft and watch that they don't start walking hand in hand with the with the enemy. But it it is an adversarial relationship. Management wants your labor as cheaply as they can get it right. for free if they could. Yeah. And they had that at one point, and they'd right. love to get back to that, trust me. And not just for black people, but for everybody. They love nothing better than a surf and, yeah, and, or a peon. And how is it unpatriotic that uh, the backbone of this country, the middle class, do well? I mean, with with, with rich folks, they're missing the boat. Because once you they're trying to break the back of the middle class. But when you break the bone of the backbone of the middle class, it's going to fucking backlash in their face because they've got no more places to steal fucking money from. It's going to well, be like the is, dog eating, eating till he explodes. And that's what they're fucking doing. Well, what you get when you reach that point is uh, Russia in 1919. And uh, France, at the time of the French Revolution, you have this aristocracy who has everything and everybody else is starving to death. So they get their pitchforks and torches and go chop up a few aristocratic heads. Right. And we came close. People have forgotten how close we came during the Depression to that happening. All it would have taken was one or two incidents and we would have seen an uprising in which the, the government would have been overturned, the aristocracy would have been murdered, destroyed, whatever you want to call it, and we probably would have become a socialist republic or a communist one. We were headed in that direction. But because we were lucky enough to elect Franklin Roosevelt, who put in policies that gave the, the middle and lower classes some some access to uh, uh, to the basics of life that they hadn't had, uh, we forestalled that. But it could happen again, and, and don't kid yourself that it won't if it reaches that tipping point where the uh, uh, the rich, the one percent, 
the corporate heads, the oligarchs have all the money. What have you got to lose? Yeah. They, they always forget that. Well, when, the, when you get people down so far, they've got nothing to lose. Here come the pitchforks and torches. And that's what I've always said about our current situation. Everybody's worried about the Republicans, the Trumple fucks rising up into a civil war. I don't see that happening. They don't have the courage. They don't have the numbers. They don't have the wherewithal to do it. My biggest concern about violence, uh, I've said this before, some people disagree with me, but if you think about it, if we go into the midterms and Republicans sweep the House and the Senate and they start taking away democracy and start taking away money, there are going to be Democrats who maybe aren't violent or crazy like the trump But like you say, when they think they're losing their country, when they think they're taking away their livelihoods, and as you say, if they have nothing to lose, you're going to see some people on the left get very fucking angry. Because it's not only about them, it's about their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandkids. If you're going to take away their country, there's going to be people on the left who aren't these passive little lambs. They're going to fucking get pissed, and they're going to go after somebody. I'm sorry to say that, but that's just the way the mindset works. Well, it's like I wrote on Twitter the other day. Liberals have guns, too. We just don't fondle them in public like you guys do. (laughs) Right. And that this this is this is the thing. I hope it never reaches that point. What it's what we should be looking at is the elimination of class. Period. I yeah. mean, who is to say that because a waitress who's on her feet for twelve hours a day or ten hours, whatever she works, she gets two bucks an hour plus whatever tips she's able to get out of people. And I say she, but it could just as easily be a guy. Uh, I was in theater. I know how many people, how many guys are waiters. Okay. But, uh, who is to say that their sweat, their labor, just because they're hustling plates are less than some guy who sits with his feet up on a desk and talks on the phone all day. Yeah, I exactly. See, uh, reward effort. You know, we we heard, I mean, after the pandemic, all of the business people are going, well, people just don't want to work. No, they don't want to work for nothing, asshole. You know, I'm sorry you got away with it for so long. But yeah. now, because so many people retired, so many people decided to go in a different direction, there's all kinds of job openings that nobody wants to do because they don't have to. Right. And they don't owe you a living Mr. Businessman, you always hear that about people on welfare. Well, well, no, you don't. We don't owe you a living. Well, we don't owe you one either. We don't. You. Nobody needs to work for you for seven dollars and thirty-four cents an hour, or whatever it is, when they can't afford an apartment, or to feed their kids, or to even have kids, or own a car, or own a home, or or even pay the rent on a on a one-bedroom apartment. Well, you know, we kept hearing about this. uh, Well, we want, you know, trying to pass the $15 an hour minimum wage. And all these businesses and all these Republicans said, oh, we can't afford that. We'll go out of business or the prices will be so high. It's just not feasible to pay people 15 bucks an hour. It can't be done. Well, now we have a shortage of employees. And guess what? They're paying $15 an hour. And they still can't get people to work for them. But somehow they're still thriving 
paying that $15 an hour. So clearly when you told us you couldn't pay $15 an hour, otherwise you'd go out of business or the prices would go out of control, you were fucking lying to us. Prices aren't based on minimum wage. Prices are based on uh, supply and demand. If you have something somebody wants, you can charge more for it. If you have something that nobody wants, why are you even in fucking business? If you can't put together a dinner that's affordable for the average couple or family, then you shouldn't be in business. You should be fucking gone. That's right. And I mean, if you want to be, if you want to be a little bit she-she about it, you want to have white tablecloths and, and, uh, prime rib and, and this sort of thing, uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, pot roast and broccoli or whatever. If you want to, want to juice it up a little bit, great. You can charge more, but you got to give value for the dollar. Because people will only pay a certain amount for something. If I go to McDonald's and I get my happy meal and it's and it it's what it claims to be, fine. I'll pay that price. But I go in, I have to wait, and it's cold because there's not enough people working there, then uh yeah, I'm not coming back probably. There's a Burger King across the street. I can go there. You know, I mean this is the thing. Um I just saw an ad for McDonald's for eighteen bucks an hour. I said yeah. when they said fifteen, that's too low. I mean, we haven't raised the minimum wage substantially in so long that it's ridiculous. Twenty four, twenty five bucks an hour would be a living wage, maybe, depending yeah. on where you are. Depending on where you are. Um some places that's not nearly enough. It should be more like thirty five. Right. But uh, this is the thing. What nobody ever wants to look at. They don't want to look at. Uh, they want to look at the minimum wage. Say, well, we can't raise that. But nobody ever wants to talk about profit. How much profit is this business making? Right. Is it making uh, enough for the uh, the owners? So let's say it's a restaurant. And the owner makes enough so that he has a nice home, a nice car. He sends his kids to college or she. And... Um, is doing well, can go on vacations, can do this sort of thing. That's the amount of profit he's making, but he thinks that's not enough. Um, maybe if he lowers the wage a little bit, doesn't give his uh, employees uh, benefits or whatever, then he can eke out a little more profit. And that's what, that's what businesses do, especially corporations and especially lately. They'll find every way they can to make fewer people do more work, for less money, fewer benefits, so they can get more profit. But nobody ever looks at the profit. They no. only look at uh, uh, what can be taken away, not what can be, uh, not not the profit that's being made. And uh, why is that? Well, I, you know, I've, I've even read stories and seen videos about some restaurants. Uh, you know, they'll they'll pull together all the tips and then and then the owner will keep the tips and not give it to his 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 people. I mean, I think the the thing you have to understand and why people are short of uh, employees right now is if you want to have a business and you need employees at this point, now there's some leverage for the employees. They have to have a reason to want to work for you and it has to be beneficial to them. Up until recently, up until prior to the pandemic, they didn't care if it was beneficial to the employees. They knew that they had plenty of people to come to work and, and they could treat them any way they wanted. Now they can't do that. So now they're complaining about 
about it. Now we have to pay more money. Here's the thing. If I've been in business before, I've started businesses. I've had some that are successful and some that went to shit. When you go into business, there is an, a certain amount of overhead, whether it be your, your building, your people, your insurance. You've got to figure that all out when you go into business. And if I own a restaurant, I want happy, um, supportive people representing me in front of the customers. I can't do that if I pay them shit and treat them like shit. That works against not only those people, but it works against the whole fucking organization. If you really want to be successful, everybody should get paid. All overhead should be covered. And if at that point you can't make money, well, you apparently don't know how to fucking run a business. Or it's not a business that anyone else wants, that right. they're willing to pay the amount of money that would make your business feasible, right? Right. So, uh, and that happens all the time. Most new businesses fail because people's, uh, I'll give you an example. Here in my town, there's been a, a restaurant space that's gone through like four owners. And the reason is they always start off before they should. They don't have enough people. Their menu's not right, whatever. And, the, and then they, they try to scramble to make up and people give them a couple of shots and it's not worthy. And then, they lose their clientele and they go out of business and somebody else tries. Right. So, um, I mean, uh, this is, is, is so frustrating to me that people can't see this right now. I'm here in Tennessee and they have a constitutional amendment on the ballot to make Tennessee a right to work state. I think Florida just passed one. And what that means is the right to work for less. It means that you don't have to, no one can make you join a union. Okay. But that means that if I go into a factory that has a union, I don't have to join. But if, if it's not a right to work state, they can make me do, they can make me pay dues anywhere at my fair share because they are representing everybody who works in that factory, not just the union members, right? Right. right. That's fair. It's equitable. And it should be done that way. But no, in a right to work state, they can't charge you those, uh, that fair share. They can't make you join the union. You get to ride free, so right. to speak. And who right. would choose to join the union if you don't have to? And you get all the benefits of it. You get represented. You get represented. You may get a raise because of what the union does or, or better benefits or something like that. And you don't have, you've got no skin in the game. But it for people who for for businesses they love it because it weakens the union because gradually people choose not to be in the union because they can get that extra twenty bucks a month or whatever it is that you're paying in dues or forty bucks a month twice out of your check whatever it is it's a way to destroy unions exactly if no one's paying union dues the union gets broken and then now whatever power they had is gone. And the employers get exactly what they wanted. I mean, that's why they fight so hard when people say, we want to get a union. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Because they don't want to pay their fair fucking share. I mean, I'll give you a perfect illustration of what treating employees uh, badly and not paying them well does. What the end result of it is, take teachers. Mm -hmm. Teachers have not been paid well historically. Uh, they've been treated like shit. They've been not supported. They've been not backed by the administration. So guess what? We now have a shortage of teachers. 
You can't get people to come to teach. My wife uh, is retired, and she was substituting in the same district she she worked in, and she was going to do it because it's you know it's pretty good money and it's basically babysitting. I'm sitting here talking to her, and I'm going, "Why are you doing this? You don't need the money. Every time you come home, you're stressed out, upset, mad, whatever. You're retired. You don't need this bullshit." And nobody needs this bullshit. So by virtue of them treating uh, teachers badly, now you have a shortage, which in the end result will affect our public education system, which will affect our kids and the future of this country. One other one, I'll give you an example. Police officers. We pay yep. them, we pay them like shit. And, 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 uh, what do we get? We get the bottom of the fucking barrel people that want to be police officers. I've always said we need to make our police departments more elite in the sense that we pay them better, expect professionalism, train them to a T, uh, investigate their emotional situation and hold them accountable. They fuck up bad. They're gone. With that accountability will come better police officers. But by virtue of not paying them and not not doing anything to support them or the teachers, we've got two fucked up systems, and both of which will affect this country negatively for decades. Right, and and you get the you get the right saying, well, the, the left doesn't like the police; they want to defund them. And what 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 we really mean by that? It was a poor choice of words. Is that we want to direct funds in the right direction so that. Uh, uh, maybe you have a mental health person along with the cops or whatever. You pay for that, uh, and and it it pays you back in the long run with fewer dead people and so and so forth. What conservatives want is the brute squad. That's what they want, and that's all they want. They want big guys with clubs who can make the the poor people do what they want them to do. That's it. Yeah, it's 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 amazing to me. Um. How these people, the Republicans or the Trump fucks, will constantly vote and constantly wish for those things that will work against them. You want the brute squad. Okay. You know, we've seen it as much as they don't mind these police officers beating up and killing black people. That attitude, that mindset, that culture impacts white people too. There are white people dying because of this and, 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 and people being treated badly because these fucking police officers are rogue, going rogue, and they think they're all powerful and can do anything they want. They think they're smarter than the average average person and they have the power and control and they're going to exercise it unfortunately typically they're dumber than everybody else and they're just power mad fuckers and they and they take advantage of citizens because they have this perceived power you've got the wrong people being police officers it's not about defunding them it's about getting better fucking quality police officers that's the fucking problem let me give you uh, something that actually happened here near me. Um, Kingsport, Tennessee, which is about 28, 30 miles up the road from, uh, it's a bigger city than where I live. And um, 
last, not this past, but a year ago, Fourth uh, of July, the cops were called to this uh, residence motel. Now, when you say the words residence motel, what you're talking about is a flop house. It's it's you know inhabited mostly by very very poor people, almost homeless. Some right. of them may be homeless, and they're getting you know some sort of subsidy to live there, and um, and um, also they uh, it, it's. It's not a motel that you know, it, it's a motel that went out of business and and now you know people stay there haphazardly and maybe they rent a room for nefarious reasons who knows but uh, tends to be an area for drugs and so forth right right well, cops got a call on the on the, the uh, Independence Day and they show up and that that they're told that there's a woman she happens to be white. Uh, she was about 50 some years old, was banging on doors on the balcony. There's an upper floor and a lower floor, right? And she's banging on doors, waving a pistol. <laughs> so they get there. And uh, after, I'm not sure exactly what happened because all I had was the newspaper report. But at some point, one of the cops either gets the go ahead from a supervisor or takes it on himself. He pulls out his uh AR-15, or the police version of it, it's a Colt M4, I think, or something like that, and blows her away. Right. Turns out it's a BB gun. Right. Okay? Uh, she was, you know, she she would not put the thing down. She was obviously on meth, or it turns out it was meth. Um, they didn't get the toxicology report back until December. That's when I first became aware of the story was the following December. When the toxicology report came out and said, oh, yeah, the woman that they shot uh, last Fourth of July did have meth in her system. Okay, but I mean, there are other ways to deal with this. This is this is a woman who was 50 years old, who was high on meth with a BB gun, who's now dead because she was shot with a weapon that was designed to kill. That's all they're for. They were not designed to wound. They were not designed to tranquilize. They were designed to kill. And this cop or someone above him made the decision that this is what should be done. Now, they have these shotgun-like things with beanbags that you can shoot somebody with. They have pistols you can shoot somebody with. They have nets you can throw over them. There's all kinds of things you can do. They have body shields that you can hold in front of yourself and get close to the woman and jump her. There's all kinds of things you can do. But a 50-year-old woman who, by the way, was homeless and a drug addict, who got got became a drug addict because of oxycontin, which was given to her by a doctor, which right. was sold to the doctor by the Sackler family in Purdue Pharma. Go watch, go watch Dope Sick, and you will get sick when you see how this came out. And all of that was enabled by Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, who took money from the Sackler family, from Purdue Pharma, to ease the restrictions to allow this stuff to be sold in pain clinics all over Tennessee, Kentucky, and the South. And this is what happened. A woman is dead because of the malfeasance of the oligarchs and their minions, and the cops were part of it. Well, and that kind of goes to what we were talking about. It goes to the malfeasance of these people just trying to grift money, and they don't care what happens to the people in the middle class. But it also, part of the reason they're on drugs is because they're living lives that they're struggling every day. They can't get a job prior to drug 
drug uh, use can't get jobs to survive. They think all is lost. So this is their only option. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be um, apologetic for drug addicts because there are other reasons why people start to take drugs. But I've said this before that, you know, if you're a manager, most managers in companies don't understand their job. Their job isn't to be the boss, the hard guy, and try to milk as much money for the company as possible. The job is to be successful. And in order to be successful, you have to have your employees to be productive. So you don't do that by kicking their ass and and trying to get them to uh, submit to you. You want them happy and being productive. And it's the same with we citizens. You can't expect a good citizenry if you take everything away from them and shove drugs in front of them that they can take so they can get away from the misery that you fucking put them in in the first place. Exactly. And, and you know, I've looked in some of the drug things around here. Okay, I get busted for drugs, okay? I he didn't really. He didn't really. No. It's just No, so far. <laughs> but anyway, I uh, let's say I, I did, okay? And then I would be put in a what they call a diversion program, right? So they don't want to have to pay to put me in jail is what it comes down to. But right. I have to show up at a parole officer's office every week and take a drug test to prove that I'm not on drugs. I have to pay for that test. Right. I also have to pay major fines for getting arrested and all of that, too. So I'm already in debt here. Now, uh, I can't get a job because I'm a convicted felon who has to report to a, uh, a parole office every week, but I got to come up with money uh, to pay for my drug tests. What do you think I'm going to do? You know, what do I have expertise in? Right. Uh, maybe I could uh, sell some drugs to somebody. Yeah. Get some money to pay for my drug test. Well, that's exactly what happens. Well, you it's put people self, self perpetuating. Well, you put people in no-win situations, and then you bitch and are surprised by the fact that they fail. That's, exactly. That makes no goddamn sense at all. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Tell you what, I want to talk about some of the uh, the two speeches that were given last week that uh, uh, are yes. kind of interesting. But we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. All right, we are back. And, Ed, I just want to say something about this special master situation before we get into these speeches. Uh, one other thing we didn't talk about with the special master and this decision by this bought and paid for fucking judge. You yeah. know, the DOJ has every, every bit as much possibility as Donald Trump and the Trump LaFucks to appeal this. It could get appealed. Yep. And like you said, it could go to the Supreme Court and we'll see what happens then. It doesn't, I got people sending me text messages and, and DMs and stuff. They're worried about this and upset about it. Don't be upset about it. It's, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a fucking sliver in your finger. It's really not going to change anything. It's just a weak ass attempt to divert because this is all they've got. Oh, I, I agree a thousand percent. They're just trying to delay, delay, delay. And uh, I really don't think Mary Gardner is going to do anything uh, so far as indictments or anything like that before the uh, midterm elections. Well, now I that's just a, don't see it happening. That's a that's a good comment, and I understand that comment. But that, but I have to ask this question: They wouldn't indict before a midterm because they're afraid to be political. 
Right. Now that that would make sense if Donald Trump was on any ballot, but he's not. So no, um, I can see that, but I mean it. It's still Republican versus Democrat. I mean that's what the Republicans are going to scream. You know, this is purely political. You're only indicting Trump to hurt the Republicans in the midterms. So I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking that he, being as sharp as he is, and I'm sure he's getting advice from a lot of different sectors. He's yeah, not going probably. this alone. Um, that they're saying, well, so we'll wait. We'll do it the day after. And the thing is, it doesn't matter if he does. Right. It doesn't matter whether he does it afterwards. Actually, it might be more power because assuming the Democrats win in the midterms, that's just that much more support for him to hammer fucking Donald Trump. And Donald Trump should know this. But let's let's talk about these speeches that were given last week. Joe Biden came out and it was a very strong speech against the Trump LaFox and and uh, their behavior. He said what was, what needed to be said, that they are an enemy of this country, that they're semi-fascist. The only thing I would say about that is I wouldn't couch it because they are, in fact, fascist. All you have to do is look it up in the dictionary, look at what they are doing, and they are fucking fascist. So he was very strong when he came out. And, and, and what I said when I saw him do that is I, I quoted Lizzo. It's about <laughs> damn time. Yeah. This should have been going on months ago. This should have been going on months ago. This this aggress aggressiveness toward the Republicans for all the bad shit they've done. Oh right, absolutely. I mean, if you go back to Hillary Clinton saying a right a vast right wing conspiracy and getting pilloried for it, she was just telling the truth. Right. As a matter of fact, Hillary was right about everything. She's she like really fucking was. Nostradamus. Exactly. She was 100% right about everything. And if she hadn't been a woman, she would have been president. Uh, they, they, uh, for some, they were, they were able to marshal that white woman resentment. Sorry, ladies, but it's there. You voted for fucking Trump over Hillary. Yeah. Trump. Own it. Own it. Do something about it. And look what it got you. You know, it got you Roe versus Wade, but Wade overturned. And I don't mean to lecture you, but you voted 45% for Trump. So you need to, you need to, uh, do your penance and get to the polls and turn it around because you see what happens. You see what happens. Don't be worried about what's going to happen if a few black people get jobs. Or they're on a par and they move into your neighborhood. Don't be worried about that. Okay. They all, they just want the same things you do. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean to lecture. I don't mean to be an asshole about it, but it happened. You didn't vote for Hillary. You should have. It would be a much better country if you had. Now you have a chance to turn it around and do it. Please do. Well, the thing is, is not only would have been better had they voted for Hillary, it would be better if they'd voted for fucking anybody other anybody. than Donald Trump. You yeah. found the absolute worst person to vote for, and you voted him into office. Uh, I don't know if you, you may not have listened to this, but not my last podcast, but the podcast before that for Sunday, uh, I had a listener on. His name is Roy. Good guy. I've known him a long time, actually knew him from my previous business, and he's continued to follow. Um, 
But he admitted on the air that he he was more Republican and he voted for Donald Trump in 2016. Of course, I admonished him for that. That's fucking stupid. But but by 2020, uh, he voted other than Donald Trump. I don't know that he voted for Biden. I assume he did, but I'm not sure. Um, and I said, how quickly, how quickly after you voted for Donald Trump, did you realize you made a mistake? He said the fucking next day. And because of all the inauguration bullshit and all this ridiculous stuff, at least he had enough sense to understand that he made the mistake. We've all made mistakes, but unfortunately, a lot of people come along in 2020 and they say, well, I'm Republican. I'm just voting for Trump. He must be right. And and those are the people you've got to got to question. Where's your fucking head at? Are you thinking? Are you using critical thinking at all in this? But of course, Joe Biden finally comes out tough. And what do the Republicans do? Oh, my God. He's calling us fascist. He's so mean. He's so divisive. He's not unifying this country. Ironic coming from a group of people for six years who have been calling names and dividing this country at every fucking turn. I remember them hanging Obama in effigy, and they would have done it in real life if they could have, and then using all of the slurs and everything else. I mean, they lost their mind when a black man was elected to the presidency. That's what it comes down to. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, and Trump is called everybody everything. He has a derogatory nickname for everybody, and everybody is a wacko. Everybody's this and that. He's been doing and he called uh, called Democrats fascist. Uh, he called us communist. He called us everything in the book that you can possibly come up with. And and yet uh, and yet when Biden comes out and calls a small group of Republicans, which he was very specific about, semi-fascist, they lose their mind because they think they can make uh, the people who don't pay attention right think that that Biden condemned half the country, which he didn't, because number one, Republicans aren't half the country, and and the the fascist group aren't even uh, maybe a third of the Republicans. So uh, I go ahead. Well, the the thing is, is that that then Donald Trump comes out, yeah, and of course he's all but hurt because Joe Biden had the audacity to call out the Republicans for exactly who they fucking are. So what does Donald Trump do? He comes out and he says that Joe Biden's an enemy of the state. <laughs> and, 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 you know, they're, they're doing all these things and how the, 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 the speech was vicious and calling for violence. What I find ironic is that Donald Trump in that speech was calling out Joe Biden for calling names and being vicious. While he's doing a speech where he's calling names and being fucking vicious. It's just, it's almost, it's stupid. It's fucking ignorant. He can't, he doesn't even have enough self-awareness to know that he's shitting on himself. Well, no. And, and sometimes you wonder if Biden isn't sharp enough to give a speech like that just because he knows Trump and all the other Republicans will come out and do exactly what they're doing. Well, that's, you know, that's probably true. But, um, you know, as we were talking about before with bullies and turning the other cheek, and that's something that the, the Democrats have done for years and years. 
we need a shift in, in, in strategy for the Democrats. And Joe Biden's speech was a good start. I mean, we've got the Republicans on the run. They tried to commit a coup. Donald Trump is stealing uh, documents, top secret documents, and giving them to our adversarial or even enemy countries. Uh, There's all kinds of investigation for corruptness, criminality. There's sitting members of Congress that may have been involved in the insurrection. We've got these fuckers on the run. They haven't done anything. Everything that's happened in the last year has worked against them getting votes. Now, if you've ever had occasion with a bully is when you get them on the run, you got to finish that motherfucker, because if you don't, they're going to jump on your back as soon as you turn around. So hopefully there's enough enough uh, killer instinct in the Democrat Party to keep this going and ram it down their throat, because that's the only way they can stop these people. Who knows? Maybe we'll learn to like the taste of blood. Is that what you're saying? Well, you know, that's 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 why I'm kind of a, a a weirdo in this in this area, because no one will argue with that. <laughs> no one will argue with that. Well, you know, because I, I lean more left, not because I'm a liberal, but because I believe that if I'm paying money in taxes, I deserve something back. That's a business mentality. If I'm paying mm. you money, you better fucking give me something in return. Otherwise, I'm not going to do that anymore. So. But. But, you know, like Michelle Obama, I love Michelle Obama, but she says, when they go low, we go high. I'm sorry, that doesn't always work. Not when you're dealing with a bully. Sometimes you have to get in the mud and kick their ass. That's the only way they will stop. Anything less than that they see as weakness, and they will still pound on you until you fucking physically stop them. And that's what the Democrats have to do now. The Republicans are on the run. The fact of the matter is, with these midterms and coming up to 2024, we could decimate. We should be able to decimate the Republicans where they'll have to regroup and come back and have it decades before they do. We can't be the nice guys here. We've got to fucking finish them. It's absolutely true, because if they get the House back, they're not going to get the Senate back. Not would. And that's what I'm feeling right now i have a good feeling about the senate uh the house is 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 i have a good feeling about that too but i'm not sure yet it and and um i have to go back and say once again that it depends on the women if they do show up at the polls then uh, then we will keep the house as well and i think they will well when you take a constitutional right away from women if they don't show up to the polls what the fuck I mean, what do you have to do to get them to show up at the polls? And I don't want to put it on the women. I'm just saying uh, that I think it will happen. Everybody needs to show up. The guys do, too. I mean, guys, come on. You're getting screwed just as bad. You just don't know it yet. uh, The the right to work stuff, all of that. I mean, that that, the Republicans want uh, everything that they want to destroy the educational system, to take away social security and, uh, and Medicare and all of that, which they desperately want to do. Don't right. be fooled. That's going to impact you. Every living, breathing man and woman with the right to vote needs to get their butts to the polls and vote blue. That's what it comes down to. And we can turn the country around. We can make it even better than it ever, ever was. Don't give me MAGA. No. Make America great again, because it never was. Not for everybody. 
No. It was great for a small group of people, maybe even a large group of people for a very short time, but not for everybody. But it can be, and that's the goal. And it has to start with everybody getting to the polls, everybody voting blue, B-L-U-E, right down the ticket from president to dog catcher, blue, 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 blue. And then maybe we can get something done. You say don't put it on the women. I'm going to put it on the women, and here's why. From the time I was a little kid with my mom to the time I've been married with my wife to when it comes to politics, who's who are the who's the group of people that uses the common sense and actually fix all the fuck ups that the males did? It's always the women. True. So women, we need you fucking right now. And I don't think I even have to coerce them to do it. Women are an interesting breed. Having been married for 39 years, I know that uh, women are lovely and women are a great partner. But don't fuck with them because they will fucking tear your throat out. I'm sorry, but that's true. My wife well, that's will put why me I was in my reluctant. place in a moment. That's why I was reluctant to say, you know, come on, women, you didn't vote for Hillary, 45 percent. Because uh, I don't want my head handed to me on a platter, but no, I know. I, but I had to. I had to point it out. I just had to. I'm not going to blame women for pay, uh, voting for Donald Trump in 2016, because there's a lot we didn't know. And 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 Hillary Clinton wasn't a likable person. She was part of the establishment, and people were sick and tired of establishment politics. So they saw a change, and they took a chance. But these same women who maybe voted for Donald Trump in 2016, they're not fucking stupid. They're, they're, they're smart. I mean, anybody could have voted for Donald Trump in 2016 not having any idea where we would end up. I mean, no, I mean, as bad as you might have thought Donald Trump was, and I did, I never thought it would get to this fucking point. I thought, well, we'd get through the four years, he wouldn't get reelected, and we'd fucking regroup and do it never did i imagine that he'd destroy a party try to destroy the country try to overthrow the country and try to um <clears throat> sell our secrets to our adversaries i never had that idea um but now we see what's going on there's no way <laughs> women of a reasonable mind in this country are going to allow this to continue I mean, we can always look to the women to save our asses. You've been married for a while. I've been yeah. married for a while. Whenever my asses needed to be saved, who's done it? My wife yeah. or my Ditto. mom. Ditto. And so, so as much as I might, it may sound like I'm, I'm, I'm taunting them. I am, but because we trust you and we fucking count on you and you're going to be the ones that save us again in 2022 and 2024. Right. Let me tell you a real quick story, okay? Um, my wife and I decided to uh, take Amtrak out through uh, out through the West, through the Rockies, Yosemite, and uh, we're uh, when you're on Amtrak, there's the dining car. You go in and they seat you uh, with whoever's there. You right. don't get a choice, right? I mean, if four of you go together, then you can probably get a table for four. But generally, you're going to wind up sitting with people you don't know. So my wife and I were seated with this to this couple. He turned out to be a high-powered lawyer and his wife, a former flight attendant, who they met in first class. And uh, they were going from their home in Phoenix to their place, their place in Aspen. And uh, we were talking and she admitted that she voted for Donald Trump. 
because, as she put it, I just wanted change. Right, right. A lot of people did. And uh, I just let it go because I didn't want to get in a fight with somebody at a table on an Amtrak train, especially somebody I was going to be stuck with for three days. But, but anyway, I mean, change can go either way. But to me, that said, what did you want changed? You're obviously upper income. You have a, a home in Phoenix. You have a place in Aspen. I assume it's a ski chalet or something like that. Um, you're doing pretty well. I can tell by your clothes and your perfume and your jewelry that you're not hurting for money. What right. was this change you wanted? Right. And she was very ambiguous about it. She just did. She just wanted change. Um, to me that, to me that said, I don't think you really thought about it. You just voted out of some weird, why didn't you want the kind of change that Hillary would bring? Yeah, but it says something else too. And it should be acknowledged by Democrats and Republicans alike. It also says that people weren't happy the way our government was running. And they had, they have every reason to think that because as we said, like the, uh, uh, like these bills to help the middle class, we haven't seen them in 80 years. That's Democrats and Republicans. And Hillary did represent the establishment government. Whether she be Democrat or Republican, she was kind of the old guard uh, of, of of politics. And, and I don't know if it was even so much about, about party as it was about just the government as a whole, how it runs and how it's not beneficial. Now, this woman, she's had every advantage. So what she's seeing is, I'll tell you what she's thinking, what she heard from her husband, who's a high-powered lawyer, is that we're tired of paying fucking welfare. Why can't people go out and earn their own money? We're rich. We've got money. We did it on our own, so everybody else should do it. They're tired of paying taxes is what their problem is, and they assumed Donald Trump would get them cheaper taxes. Well, in essence, unless they're making hundreds of millions of dollars, he didn't do jack shit for them. Exactly. And maybe they are. I don't know. You know, maybe he lowered their tax rate a few points anyway. But look at it from this perspective, right? Uh, Democrat versus Republican. Hillary, of course, is identified with Bill Clinton. What happened? Clinton, when Clinton went in, we were in a recession. He turned it around by by raising taxes on wealthy, for one thing. That was right. a biggie. And uh, uh, also, well, quote, welfare reform and a number of other things that were kind of right wingy kind of uh, initiatives and so forth. But at any rate, he he uh, financially, he put the country back on a good footing. Uh, his second term was wasted because uh, he got a blowjob. Then then you got uh, then you got George W. Bush, who took us into two useless wars and uh, uh, gave the rich a tax cut and put us into almost a depression. The worst, the, the worst financial situation that you and I have ever seen. Exactly. I watched my net worth drop by 30% in like two days, you right. know, which was very disconcerting. Fortunately, we were elected Barack Obama, whose policies allowed me to watch that come right back over time. Right. right. And then he had two, what I think were, were pretty successful terms that got uh, uh, Obamacare passed and a number of things was not perfect by any means. And, and, for some unknown reason, the, the 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 second term curse 
which allowed the Republicans to take over uh, right. the Senate and the, and the House uh, that made his second term ineffectual because they blocked everything. So, yeah, maybe what was why, why were they turned against Hillary, who is a Democrat, represented the forces that saved the country financially twice within 15, 20 years? Well, it makes no of, sense. Well, part of it is because of the strategy of the Republican Party. Oh, yeah. her emails. Oh, this. Oh, that. And it was all bullshit because they keep I keep talking to people. They say, what about Hillary's? 30 billion fucking emails. I said, well, first of all, it was 30,000 emails and they yeah. went through this and investigated it and looked into it and nothing was fucking done. Just like Benghazi. Benghazi wasn't a thing. She sat and testified, unlike Donald Trump, and nothing was found. So the fact that you're still, it, it always amazes me when I talk to Republicans, how they spew stuff that has been proven wrong. I'll give you an example. Um, and my wife almost took my head off of this, but I couldn't help myself. And I was very nice, but we're dropping something off to a family member. Okay. We're just giving them mm-hmm. something because we got it. They wanted it. And we don't, we just wanted the fuck out of the house. And so we're dropping it off. He's a younger guy and uh, we're just talking. It's very cordial. And the whole thing was very cordial, actually. Um, and we were talking about, you know, riding a bike to work or whatever they were doing. And he says, I, I'm just not paying these taxes or these, these, these gas prices because it's fucking ridiculous. They need to come down. And I said, well, you know, you've, you, you've got, you've got oil companies that are making huge profits. Uh, if they would just stop doing that, your, your gas prices would go down. And besides gas prices are going down. And this is what he says to me. He says, well, if they wouldn't fuck around with that pipeline, and open it back up, the gas prices would go down. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I'm thinking to myself, you have no fucking clue what you're talking about. And I know my exactly. wife is saying, oh, shit. But I, I said this very nice. I said, you're talking about the Keystone? He says, yeah, whatever it's called. He doesn't even know what it's fucking called. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, the Keystone pipeline is still open. It was never shut down. He goes, well, what did they do then? I go, really? You're, you're making, I'm thinking to myself, you're making, uh, an observation and you don't have a perception of something you clearly don't know anything about. I said, this was a second pipeline that was going to add to it. Uh, but it was never built in the first place. So they didn't shut anything down that was working. So it would not impact the gas flow. And I don't even think this gas flow goes to the United States. It goes to Mexico or something. Well, here's here's what it is. It comes out of uh, it's very low grade petroleum that comes from the tar sands of uh, of Canada. It's not even gas. No, no, it's 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 very crude petroleum that can't by law be refined in this country because it's so dirty. So this pipeline was supposed to take it to the Gulf of Mexico, where it would be loaded on to ships and taken to the Orient, to China, uh, where it would be refined because they have lower environmental standards there. Right. That's what it was for. And it had no impact on the U.S. except, I think it was for a very short time, there would be 10,000 jobs and that would be reduced to build the pipeline. 
And then that would be reduced to like under a thousand people just to, you know, drive along and make sure it wasn't ruptured and so forth. But if it did rupture, it would be horrible. And it was going under rivers and (laughs) all sorts of things. It, It was right to be stopped, but it would have had no impact on gas prices at all, period zero. Well, this guy even said to me, he says, yeah, I know it could rupture and it could cause problems, but whatever, we need lower gas prices. And I'm thinking, wow, this is a dumb human being. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, this is what the Republicans do. They throw out this red meat, make it look horrific and make it look terrible. Never mind that it's a fucking flat out lie. And these people believe it. They don't have enough temerity to fucking investigate something and find out the truth. And this is what the Republicans do. They throw out this tabloid type stuff to make people scared or nervous, but they're all misinformed. And I think if there's one thing in this country we could improve on is people's knowledge of what is true and what is fucking false and be able to admit that, okay, this is fucking lie. So he's looking at me like he's never heard anybody say this to him. And my wife is kind of kicking me because she's afraid he's going to get fired up in in an argument, which I wouldn't do. Uh, But when we left, my wife says, I told you not to start anything. I said, no, it was very cordial. This this guy has obviously been through this before and and he's gotten trouble for losing his shit. So now he's trying to keep his, his level where it's supposed to be. And it was very cordial and it was very quick. But I felt compelled. I'm here sitting here talking to a guy who knows nothing about what he's talking about, and he's making his his opinion based on stupid shit. I felt like it was my duty to fucking straighten him out. Now, I told him what it was. Do you think he believed me? Fuck no. He's going to go back and say the same thing tomorrow. Oh, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. And uh, the... Uh, um... I, I was at a dinner thing a few months ago when, you know, somebody uh, brought up the idea that white people were going to become the minority. And I, I kind of, unfortunately, I had a drink and I kind of jumped on him. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I, uh, anyway, that I don't really interact with those people anymore. But uh, uh, the uh, people want, especially Republicans, it seems, maybe all people want simple answers. They they want to think that they are the good people and that things are going wrong for them because of somebody else somewhere. Somebody else is gaming the system. Somebody else is... Uh, uh, stealing tax money that they're having to pay and, and so forth. And that's true, but it's not coming down. It's going up. The people that are stealing their money are the 1%, the oligarchs, the corporations, right. the corporations who own the news media, by the way. If you watch CNN lately, and I'm hoping you, I'm hoping you don't because not it's anymore. taken a, a very – Right. It's taken a very right wing turn because the the new head of it has decided that they want to steal Fox's uh, uh, listenership or something or viewership. But uh, it's no longer reliable. It is strictly uh, geared toward saying whatever bad thing they possibly can about the Biden administration. But it's not just them. It's pretty much the entire media. That yeah. People complain about the liberal media. There's no such thing. There never has been. Uh, the truth skews liberal, 
so that if people tell the truth, it seems like they're liberal. But no, I mean, if a corporation owns a news outlet, they're going to make sure it serves the corporation. It's that simple. Not and they the people. all do. Yeah. Not the people. No, it's going to serve the corporation. And that includes Minnesota Public, or rather uh, National Public Radio and public television because they are corporate funded now. I mean, corporations aren't stupid. They saw they saw public radio and television telling the truth. So how can we get in there? And generally, they don't uh, they don't spew the the corporate line. What they do is just not do stories that contradict it. Right, right. Well, I think what what we need to do is pretty clear. You and I had we need to start a news network. Yeah, that's pretty so, much it. So you get a bunch of people, get about 10 million. I'll get a bunch of people, we'll get about 10 million and we'll start a fucking news network. See, that's, that's the problem here. You know, somebody like CNN gets a new owner. It's not about truth. It's not about justice. It's not about what's right. It's about making money. And that is the problem with the media in this country now. It's not about delivering good product or truthful product. It's about making a buck. And if it means being uh, crazy right wing fucking media to make a buck. They're willing to do it. You know, I'm watching Jake Tapper, who I liked on CNN, start spewing shit that's ridiculous. I have lost all respect for him because if I'm Jake Tapper and I have any kind of credibility and they get me to start doing that, I'm not fucking doing it. Granted, yeah, it's, it's tough not to like he could. It's not like he couldn't get another job. But you know what's the insane thing? The really crazy thing. The guy who's doing this, the new head of uh, programming for CNN, you know what his previous job was? What? Producing the late night show. And his name just went right out of my head. The guy with the glasses. uh, Hmm? uh, Colbert? Not Colbert. Yes. Yes, Colbert. He was producing Colbert's show. I remember the night that they said, he's leaving, he's going to CNN, we wish him well, and so forth. And uh, he went from being very, very, producing a very, 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 very liberal show uh, to doing this. It's cynical. It is so incredibly cynical uh, that this would happen, that they would decide that they would take a conservative bent because that's what they're doing. So What's he's, wrong with being in the middle, for God's sake? Yeah, well, that's you know that's always kind of where the United States is. Everybody strive to be is in the middle, and that's kind of where Joe Biden is. Uh, the problem is with Joe Biden being in the middle. At this point, you need to overcorrect a little bit. We've gone so <laughs> yes. far fucking right. You have to, you know, and that's why people say, "Well, you're not a Democrat. You're not a liberal." I'm not, but I have to go way left to bring the fucking right back to the middle someplace. Otherwise, that's same with me. Yeah, it's I don't mind the middle. I don't mind some compromise. But when it's gone so far right, we got to do whatever it takes to stop that dumpster fire and bring it back to the left some. Well, you can't just shut out the left completely and expect to live in this fucking police state, this fucking this oligarchy that we have now. It's just not not acceptable. Exactly. And and so we are pushed left because just to balance a little bit, because we've been so far right. I mean, I I remember sitting like even in the Clinton era uh, and watching uh, Meet the Press or something like some where, where they would have a panel. They would have a center left guy 
representing the left. They would have somebody central, and then they would have somebody right and somebody far right. But they would never have a raving liberal. No. No. And that has been that has been the case in the corporate media forever. You never get the extreme left viewpoint. You get center left to a certain degree, which is where Joe Biden probably is. Uh, how often do you see Bernie on TV on a panel? Almost no. never. No. And he's he's as far right. I mean, he's as far left as they're ever going to let on television. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and why is that though? I mean, I think the perception is that the people are the way left. They're just poor people that want handouts and that's not valuable to fucking media outlets. Well, there's that and that they also represent the, you know, the, the big boogeyman socialism uh, yeah. saying that, uh, uh, why are there corporate media outlets? Why did somebody, why was someone given the rights to the broadcast spectrum? They don't pay for them. We right. don't get any money out of it. But these people are given uh, access to these uh, to the to the broadcast spectrum, which is not as important as it used to be. But but still, a large portion of the country watches broadcast television still, and especially news. But the uh, they were these networks were given, and all we asked them to do was operate in the public interest, and yet they don't. They skew right. They represent business. They represent the 1%, always. Well, if, if you looked at my life and my history and business and such, you would suggest that I'm a capitalist. I, I don't have a problem with that. But when you look at this country and see what capitalism has done, you have to say, maybe we need to adjust a little bit. This whole idea that socialism will be the downfall of this country is absolutely ridiculous because we have socialistic uh, programs in this country already, things that people count on, live by, and support completely. It's when, again, the Republicans misinform people, suggesting that socialism is akin to communism, which isn't even fucking close. They don't, they're not comparable, but the average Joe doesn't understand that. All they can think of is the USSR, the yeah. uh, United Socialist, whatever republic. Uh, but they knew they were communists. So in their mind, socialism and communism is one and the same. It's not. It's not exactly. at all the fucking same. We need a new word for what capitalism has become. I don't have a problem with capitalism. You have some capital and you use that to to uh, make a profit. And along the lines, you also you know employ labor and so forth. But where, where it falls down, where capitalism has and I've heard the term predatory capitalism and something like that, but we need something different. But because what has happened is they have eliminated the one part of capitalism that makes it work, and that's competition. Right, right, right. You know, and, and when thing- you have... Go ahead. Well, the thing is, is that capitalism is fine if everybody has the opportunity to be a capitalist. But that's right. not the case. Only a small group of people can be capitalist and the rest of us are fucking chattel. And that's that, right. And that's where capitalism fails. It's, it's not capitalism as a whole. It's how capitalism is employed in this country. It's unfair and it's pointed at a small group of people because they purposely want to do that. Now, the Internet has been kind of helpful in getting more people to be capitalists because we've got a free 
rain on, on reaching a potential audience or a market. So some people have been benefiting from this that would have never benefited, you know, the fucking guy on TikTok that has three billion viewers and now makes a million dollars. That's capitalism. And he's just an idiot that had a good idea and fucking did it. So that's fine. But the average Joe just trying to feed his kids doesn't have that opportunity. I say, if you want capitalism, give everybody an opportunity to be capitalist. If they can't do it, fine. But there are people that can do it, just have no option to try. Exactly. And we see that a good example right now is housing. One of the biggest ways of obtaining the status that you would need to be a true capitalist, you have to accumulate a certain amount of property or or treasure, if you will. And one of the ways to do that is owning a home. You know, you work for years and years and years with a mortgage, you pay it off, you own that home. You have four kids. They go out, get jobs, work, work, work. They have homes. When you die, they can inherit your property. You've saved some money. You've got the house. You've got whatever you've got. Suddenly, they have more money. And this keeps going generation after generation so that you have inherited wealth that allows you then to become more and more prosperous because uh, at a certain point in life, you're going to get an infusion uh, from from your uh, maybe both sides, maybe right. the wife and the husband get an infusion from their parents when they pass away. Yeah. But if you can't get that first home, and this this was the bugaboo for black people for so long, they were forced to to, to pay rents for crap because the banks would not loan to them. Right. Even the GI Bill, these black people go out, they fight in World War II, they die, they come home. The white people get the GI Bill. Black people, in theory, get it too, but the banks won't loan to them. Right. Right. And uh, so they cannot participate in the way that white people could, and yet they blame them. You know, well, they live in these ghettos, they're just lazy, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've seen it. I grew up with this crap, okay? Yeah. And uh, we've stacked the deck against a certain portion of the people, and now we're stacking it even more with these hedge funds coming in and buying apartment buildings and trailer parks, for God's sake, and pricing people out so that they have to leave the trailer that they once owned because they can't afford to move it and they can't afford to pay the rent for it. And this is what they're doing. And now they're starting to buy up single-family homes. Guess what they're going to do with those? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's like I said, you know, capitalism is fine. It makes some sense. But don't exclude fucking people from being able to benefit from capitalism. If this whole country can't have at least the option, not everybody will do it because they don't have the wherewithal, the motivation or whatever. But if more people had the opportunity to get a piece of the pie, this country would run better where there would be more taxes being paid and we would have more things. The problem is, is everything the Republicans have say, we want only white people to have all this stuff and anybody else that gets it is a threat to us. And that clearly isn't working. So if you look at this country, capitalism, the way it's being currently run is not working. That's why some people are saying, well, socialism might be better. Um, but these capitalists don't understand that that much of what they 
benefit from is, in fact, a socialistic type of program. But they won't admit that. They just don't want the whole country to be social, socialist. Well, yeah. Example here, Tennessee. Now, it's different in Minnesota. You have an income tax. You have a state income tax there. And I resented like hell paying it. And that my bottom line is much greater here in Tennessee because I don't have to pay an income tax, although I'm retired now. So it's, you know, it's uh, once you're over the age of 65, things change dramatically. But right. um, it's my income is from a different source than it once was. Let's put it that way. I sell drugs now. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you know, it's pension and, and savings and, and Social Security, but which is taxed at a different level. But. The rich people in Tennessee do not pay anything on their income. Right. Zero. Right. So that means that all of the state obligations, whatever they may be, have to come from property tax. Sales tax. Sales tax. Those are the two main ones. But like here in my county, they couldn't balance the budget. So they put on a what they call a wheel tax, which is a personal property tax on your car. Right. Which right. is in addition. And once again, who does this impact most? The, the, the poorer people, because it doesn't mean crap to the rich people to pay the pittance. But it, it's much harder because the uh, the poor people's income is much less. So it's harder for them to come up with that extra 15, 20 bucks when they register their car. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to the to the big boys. But the, uh, if we did have that income tax here. The lower income people wouldn't pay squat. Right. It would be graduated, a graduated tax, but the upper income people would pay their fair share and the state would be much better and they would have a lot more money for services and so forth. Real quick too. I don't know if you've been following this thing with Brett Favre in Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. I have. I have. Okay. Kind of. They, they got, um, child poverty money, right? Right. And, uh, Tennessee gets that too. And all of, most of the southern states do. It's that federal money you hear about that the blue states kick in and never get any of, but it goes to the red states, right? Right. So right. They, Tennessee does this too. They don't spend it. They've got millions of dollars that was sent to Tennessee and Mississippi for, uh, uh, to reduce child poverty, right? Right. Well, I don't know what they're doing with it in Tennessee, except it's just sitting there. But in Mississippi, the guy in charge of it and some other people that, that were in with him, they just used it as a personal slush fund. And they uh, they gave Brett Favre $1.1 million to give three speeches, motivational speeches, which he never did. Right. Right. So uh, and and they built a. Uh, uh, I think it was $30 million volleyball complex on, I think it's Texas Christian, not Texas Christian. It's uh, one of the, one of the Mississippi schools that Brett went to, right? Yeah. Uh, his, his daughter plays volleyball there. And I'm wondering if that was one of those deals, like let's get somebody into a school. Let's give them a volleyball scholarship. I don't know. Maybe she's a wonderful volleyball player, but they built this volleyball facility. That's about $30 million for Brett Favre's daughter to play volleyball in. And this is just the tip of the iceberg of what they've done with this, uh, uh, this child poverty money. So not only are they not 
putting an income tax in, but they're stealing the money from the federal government and just doing whatever the heck they want with it. And no child in poverty is getting any help. Which, None. which now, now who gets in trouble for this situation? Does the state? I mean, it's exposed now, and it's a big story. Does the state get in trouble? Does well, Brett Favre the, get in uh, trouble? What happens? Uh, Brett returned the money. What he has not done is paid the two hundred thirty-eight thousand dollars in interest. that uh, he should have paid. So he still owes that. And I imagine there's litigation going on or something. He claims, well, I didn't know it was poverty money, but he knew it was some kind of money, right? And he didn't give the speeches. Well, that's it. He knew he got the money and he didn't give the speeches. So, yeah, he's at fault. So they are, they, uh, the people, the lady who was in charge of doling out the money, I mean, who wrote the checks, she and her son have both pleaded guilty and turned state's evidence. And they're examining the former governor and some other politicians who are also implicated here. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping this makes the federal government look into what are you doing with this money? Yeah. Because it, they, they don't control it. They give it to the states. And the states are supposed to use it for that, but they often don't. They redirect it to other other uses because the laws are so loose on what they're able to do with it that they can do pretty much anything they want to because nobody's checking. You know, this it's sad, but it's in our country, and this is akin to the United States of America helping out a country that has starving people or sick people. And... Uh, <laughs> America sends them billions of dollars, and then the despot in charge just puts it in his fucking pocket. This is the very same thing. Yeah, it is exactly the same thing, just domestic. Right. So these people continue to starve or be sick or whatever, and uh, all that we've done as America uh, is is fill the pockets of these evil fucking dictators, these murderers. And so on a lower level, we're sending it to evil fucking state politicians and they're just keeping the fucking money i it would be like it would be like brett Favre walked up to you and me uh in a bar we're sitting on the stools he goes out hey um you give me 20 bucks a piece um and i'll go speak to some kids yeah and then never do it because that's our money it is our money we pay it to the federal government, they dole it out back to the states based on need, based on the child poverty rate of the individual state. And well, uh, then it's intercepted. It's taken, but it's our money, yours and mine, if we and, pay taxes. And I have a feeling that the whole idea that he was supposed to give speeches came after the fact. Somebody's trying to lay it off on something. Because let's be perfectly honest, Brett Favre is famous. He's wealthy in his own right. He could probably spot a shitload. He's, he's probably worth two, three hundred million dollars himself. He probably could have given the fucking um, uh, the, the, the college 30 million dollars or whatever to do this shit. But um, he knew all he knows is he's special. So he should get these allowances, these 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 extra things. And uh, he should be taken to task for this because he knew what the fuck was up. I mean, even if he gave the speeches, how do you justify somebody at the level of 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 uh, Brett Favre being paid five hundred thousand dollars for a speech because that's essentially what it would have been at a million well, it was six. three 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 speeches, yeah. right? But at five hundred thousand yeah. bucks a piece, we're at a million five, right? So, you know that's going to have to be a hell of a motivator. <laughs> yeah, no shit. 
You better give me a back rub. Yeah, no kidding, because, I mean, it's it's insane. And we have saw what happened in California with uh, uh, various uh, parents trying to get their kids in colleges, that, and they didn't have the average. So, you know, what did they do? They got them scholarships to, on the rowing team or maybe on the volleyball team. Right, exactly. You know, by paying some money here, some money there. And maybe that's what the 1.1 million, I don't know, who knows what, what happened here but it was under the, it was it was skullduggery skullduggery <laughs> to say the least all right we're yeah. running out of time here over time as usual but that's cool um i appreciate you coming by and talking um all this shit going on it's it's it, it, it's it's a treasure trove of topics to talk about and it's always nice to have somebody that i know is of a like mine to talk about it with. So, Ed, thanks for joining me again today. Yeah, you bet. Happy Labor Day, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I said, somebody said, why are you doing a podcast if it's Labor Day? <laughs> and, you know, I was talking to somebody here and I said, yeah, I'm going to do this with Ed. It's Labor Day. Why are you doing it? I said, between Ed and I, we don't do a lick of fucking labor Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Uh, certainly labor that we get paid for so we can step up and do a fucking podcast on labor day for christ's sake yeah yeah i, I think so and, and i just want to remind everybody it's it's not just a three-day weekend it means something people died for your right to have a weekend so uh let's uh let's think about that for just a minute absolutely all right ed thank you very much i hope you folks have a great labor day and we will talk to you again tomorrow thanks for listening to the rational boomer podcast don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode we'll see you next time